0: Chapter twenty seven of Titus, a comrade of the cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen Preckle. Titus, a comrade of the cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter twenty seven. Tell us now of thy disciples and of thy doctrines which thou hast been teaching the people. Thou mayest as well make full confession. It will assuredly imperil thy cause to keep back anything from us at this time. The Sanhedrin was already in solemn session, though it was scarcely dawn. In the midst of the semicircle sat Caiaphas, in the full dignity of his priestly robes. On his right was Annas, and on his left Jochanan, and the others in the order of their official rank. Before them, his hands bound behind his back, and closely guarded on either side by the temple police, stood Jesus. Answer me, fellow, said Caiaphas sternly. The prisoner raised his eyes and looked full at the high priest i have spoken openly to the world he said calmly i taught ever in the synagogue and in the temple whither the jews always resort and in secret have i said nothing why askest thou me ask them which heard me what i have said unto them behold they know what i said answerest thou the high priest so said one of the men who stood by him and as he spoke the words he struck him upon the mouth for a moment the prisoner was silent then he said calmly as before with no sign of passion at the foul insult if i have spoken evil bear witness of evil but if well why smitest thou me he asketh for witnesses said annas with a sneer let them be brought there was a little stir as one of the temple officials entered followed by a small wizened old man dost thou know the prisoner asked caiaphas i do reverend lord answered the man in a high quavering voice he is a galilean carpenter named jesus he is a brawler and is always surrounded by crowds what knowest thou of his teachings said annas with a gratified smile he saith pernicious things my lord i myself heard him say to the multitude beware of the scribes and especially of the high priests for they care for nothing so much as to go about in long robes and have the best of everything they make long prayers for a show and at the same time devour the widows and fatherless they are hypocrites and fools and shall be thrust into hell with all that follow their words "'What say ye to that, my good lords? "'Those be his teachings.' "'A fierce murmur ran about the circle. 'Tis true. "'I heard something like it myself,' "'came from one and another.' "'The old man was elated by the sensation which he had made. "'Turning his roomy eyes upon the prisoner, "'he pointed at him a skinny, shaking finger. "'Ha, fellow! "'Thou didst heal me, three years ago, "'of the palsy which had withered my limbs, "'and in doing so took away my living, "'for my begging no longer brought me money.' They told me to work, yes, work, an old man like me. Now is not that a shame, my good lords. I led a gay life at ease on my bed, but now I must needs work or starve, for thou madest me, an old man, strong as an ox. Take him away, commanded Caiaphas, and he was led out, still gesticulating and talking in his high, shrill voice. After that followed, in rapid succession, a number of other witnesses, who were examined at some length by Caiaphas, but without eliciting anything of importance. At last, when Annas and the others were beginning to despair of an acceptable pretext to put the prisoner to death, two witnesses were brought in. We were together when this man spoke in the temple, said one of them, and we heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is built with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. Nay, said the other, thou art wrong. He said, If ye destroy this temple, which ye were forty and three years in building i will restore it in three days well is not that the same thing exclaimed the first contemptuously not at all cried the other with heat thou hast the ears of an ass is this the place for your disputings said caiaphas angrily officer remove these witnesses then he rose to his feet and fixing his eyes upon jesus who still stood calmly and quietly in his place he said sternly answerest thou nothing What is it that these witness against thee? But he seemed not to have heard the question. From his eyes shone a strange brightness, a holy calm. Was he thinking that the hour was at hand for the fulfillment of his words? The high priest looked at him steadily, and said in a loud and solemn voice, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Then the prisoner, the despised Nazarene, his hands bound, his garments torn and defiled with violence, the mark of the insulting blow still visible on his white face, made him answer, I am the Christ, the Son of God, and I say unto you, that hereafter ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then did the high priest rend his garments, and cried aloud, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy! What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy! What think ye? and they all answered, as with one voice, "'He is guilty! Let him die!' Then they led him away to a room underneath in the palace, and there did the servants and the hirelings of the temple gather themselves together, that they might look upon him who was condemned to die. And they struck him with the palms of their hands, and spit upon him, crying out, "'This is he that shall sit in the clouds of heaven. Behold him, the Christ, the Messiah, the Worker of Miracles!' then did one of them cast a garment over his head so that it covered his face and they began to buffet him calling out prophesy unto us thou prophet of galilee who smote thee and these things they did until they were weary now when caiaphas passed out of the council chamber he went into an inner room of the palace that he might eat and refresh himself before going with the prisoner to pilate and there anna his wife found him what hast thou done to the nazarene she asked and her face was white and her eyes had a strange fire in them we have found him guilty even as i knew he shall shortly be delivered into the hand of the governor said caiaphas i am weary he continued irritably and care not to speak of the thing with thee thou art a woman and knowest naught of affairs of state leave me nay i will not leave thee till i have said what i will answered anna the man is a prophet and curses will come upon this house if thou dost persist in persecuting him Woman! cried Caiaphas, starting to his feet. The man is a blasphemer. But lately, in my presence, he solemnly affirmed that he was the Christ, the Son of God, and would hereafter sit on the right hand of power. Oh, Joseph, my husband! cried Anna, shuddering. What if it be so? Release him, I beseech of thee, and let him go into his own country. Thou art a woman, and therefore a fool, said Caiaphas, with bitter emphasis. Again I tell thee to leave me." speakest thou so to the daughter of annas cried his wife with flashing eyes i will leave thee but thou shalt yet remember my warning and weep tears of blood that thou hast trodden it under foot and turning she swept stately from the chamber it was still early in the morning when an imposing deputation with jesus bound and doubly guarded in their midst waited upon pilate the governor it is not lawful for us to enter into the palace lest we be defiled said caiaphas therefore bid pilate come forth unto us and pilate knowing full well the temper of the people with whom he had to deal complied at once it was moreover in accordance with the roman custom to hold courts of justice in the open air so that there was in front of the palace for this purpose a raised tribunal known as the pavement since it was laid with a mosaic of many-coloured marbles here then Pilate caused them to place his hurled chair of wrought ivory, the seat of state and the sign of his office, and here he sat himself down. And they brought Jesus and set him before the governor, his accusers ranging themselves on either side, while a great multitude which momently increased as the tidings of the arrest flew from mouth to mouth, surged uneasily up to the very edges of the tribunal, where they were kept at bay by a strong detachment of Roman troops. Now Pilate was not altogether ignorant concerning Jesus— always fearful of insurrections among the people, he had, by means of spies, kept close watch of his movements. He knew that his teachings had nothing of political significance in them, and that he had studiously avoided all popular excitement. He was therefore disposed to befriend the prisoner, more especially as he saw through the shallow pretense of the Jewish dignitaries to the real source of their hatred for the man. "'so that it was with some acerbity "'that he put his first question to the high priest "'who headed the deputation from the Sanhedrin. "'What accusation bring ye against this man?' "'If he were not a malefactor,' answered Caiaphas haughtily, "'we would not have delivered him up unto thee.' "'I know something of this, Jesus, "'and I can understand your motives in bringing him to me,' "'said Pilate, with a covert sneer. "'But it hardly seemeth a case for my interference. "'Take ye him, and judge him according to your law.' The charge which we bring against this man is not so trifling as thou seemest to think, answered Caiaphas, his voice shaking with anger. He is worthy of death on a criminal charge. We have so found him, but it is not lawful for us to put any man to death. What then hath he done? asked Pilate, in a tone of polite endurance. He hath striven to lead away the nation after him, forbidding to pay tribute to Caesar, and declaring that he himself is Christ, the rightful king, said Caiaphas an evil light in his eyes. To this accusation all the Jewish authorities assented with loud cries. They looked to see Pilate roused from his apathy by this charge, the most damning of all in the ears of a Roman governor, and ready to make quick work of the hated Nazarene. But they were disappointed. With no perceptible change in his face he arose deliberately from his seat, and ordering the guard to bring the prisoner strode into the judgment hall. When he had sat himself down he said to Jesus, Art thou the king of the Jews? Sayest thou this thing of thyself, answered the prisoner, or did others tell it thee of me? Am I a Jew? said Pilate scornfully. Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? And Jesus, looking full into his face, made answer, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Art thou a king, then? said pilate staring at him curiously thou sayest it i am a king he answered to this end was i born and for this cause came i into the world that i should bear witness unto the truth every one that is of the truth heareth my voice truth said pilate with a light ironical laugh what is truth twas a mere word an empty sound to this roman voluptuary Then he arose from his seat without further question or comment, and went out again to the tribunal, where the Jewish dignitaries were awaiting him, in a state of anger which bordered on frenzy. Pilate looked at them scornfully. He thoroughly despised them, but it would not do for them to see that too plainly. He sat himself down and waited a moment for the fierce murmurings to cease, and then he declared in a loud, firm voice, I find in him no fault at all. It was an acquittal. Must all their carefully prepared schemes fall to the ground? Must they see the man escape out of their very clutches? Never! After the first wave of indignant rage had spent itself, one after another of the chief priests and elders arose to speak, each vying with the other in the variety and virulence of the charges which they heaped upon the prisoner, who had been brought back from the judgment hall, and was standing in his old place in the midst. "'Dost thou hear how many things these witness against thee?' said Pilate, addressing him. "'Why dost thou not defend thyself? Thou hast my permission.' but Jesus was silent. Pilate shook his head. He is a strange man, he thought to himself. Now is the time and the place for some of his eloquence, of which I have heard so much. He is a fool not to put these fellows down. In truth, I would assist him gladly. Jochanan was speaking, though Pilate was giving him but scant attention, but now a sentence caught his ear. He stirreth up the people throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. Galilee! exclaimed Pilate. An idea had struck him. "'Didst thou say that he is a Galilean?' "'He is, Your Excellency,' replied Jochanan "'Very well, then. I shall send him to Herod. "'He is even now in the city, "'and it were most fitting that he should judge a man from his own province.' He arose from his seat and gave the necessary orders, then retired to his palace, feeling well pleased with himself for this master-stroke of diplomacy. By this means, he thought complacently, "'I shall rid myself of all further trouble in this matter, "'which is likely to be unpleasant enough.' moreover it will flatter herod and i shall thus be able to appease his wrath for that little affair in the temple and he commanded his slaves to bring him refreshments didst thou say that pilate had sent me the nazarene for judgment asked herod starting up from the purple cushions where he was lolling sick with ennui in the Asmonian palace nay but that is good news i have always wished to see the fellow he shall perform a miracle for me, such as I have heard of. He shall make me some choice wine from water, heal this sore on my limb, and—well, I shall think of other things afterward, bring him into our presence at once, and stay, call the court together, to meet to provide some amusement, to relieve the deadly tedium of this place. So that is the man, as they brought in Jesus, and set him in the royal presence, the high priests and elders, regardless now of defilement, crowding in after him. And who are these? The chiefs of the jewish nation one made answer let them stand back out of my way i wish to talk to the man myself said herod impatiently he had no idea of conducting a trial but only of amusing himself and the throng of whispering tittering courtiers who were gathered about him so he began to ask questions of the prisoner what was his name though he knew well enough could he really work miracles as people said and if he could would he not work one now but the prisoner was silent Herod was at first rather flattered by this. He feareth us, he said patronizingly. Nay, fellow, I will do thee no harm. I only wish to see thee perform. Do not fear to speak. Thou shalt have wine, if thou wilt. Give him some. But he refused with a gesture the proffered cup, and remained silent as before. Then did his accusers, one and all, break forth into angry denunciations. He saith that he is a king, doth he, quoth Herod, languidly interrupting them. Well, he doth not look much like it. If he will not perform for us, we will even make some sport out of him. What is the royal color of the Jews? For truth to tell, I have forgotten it. The Jews were angrily silent, but one of the courtiers volunteered the information. "'Tis white, your highness.' "'White is it? Then let a white robe be brought and put it on him. "'Tis not meet that a king should be so poorly attired.' Then they fetched a white robe and threw it over his humble Jewish dress." "'Now, good sirs,' said Herod, turning his eyes wickedly upon the members of the Sanhedrin, "'doth he not look majestic? A king, indeed. Let's all do him homage.' And the courtiers and soldiers pressed forward in mock adulation. But Herod, watching from his chair of state, saw something in the aspect of the prisoner which made him feel uncomfortable. "'He hath a look which I like not,' he muttered. "'Nor yet this silence. Tis unnatural. Suppose he should do some awful thing now. They say he hath unlimited powers.' With an imperative gesture he summoned one of his officers. Take the fellow away, he said. Take him back to Pilate. Shall we take off the robe, your highness? asked the attendant. No, no, answered Herod hastily. Take him just as he is, and quickly. Clear the room of all these, indicating the Jews with a sweeping gesture. So it happened that Pilate was once again called forth into the judgment seat and confronted with Jesus. End of chapter 27